This is the Internet Multicasting Service. Harper Audio presents British fantasy writer J.R.R. Tolkien reading from his trilogy, The Lord of the Rings. In this selection, Sam, Frodo, and Gollum continue their trek towards Mount Doom, making a short stop to learn of herbs and stewed rabbits. Gollum chuckled to himself, sometimes even croaking in a sort of song. The cold, hard lands, they bite our hands, they gnaws our feet. The rocks and stones are like old bones, all bare of meat. The stream and pool is wet and cool, so nice with feet. And now we wish... Aha, what does we wish? He guessed it long ago. Baggins guessed it. Alive without breath, as cold as death, never thirsting, never drinking, clad in mail, never clinking, drowns on dry land, thinks an island is a mountain, thinks a fountain is a puff of air, so sleek, so fair, what a joy to meet. We only wish to catch a fish, so juicy, sweet. Were there any elephants, asked Sam, forgetting his fear and his eagerness for news of strange places? No, no elephants. What are elephants, said Gollum. Sam stood up, putting his hands behind his back, as he always did when speaking poetry, and began. Gray as a mouse, big as a house, nose like a snake, I make the earth shake as I tramp through the grass. Trees crack as I pass. With horns in my mouth, I walk in the south, flapping big ears. Beyond count of years, I stomp round and round. Never lie on the ground, not even to die. Oliphant am I, biggest of all, huge, old and tall. If ever you'd met me, you wouldn't forget me. If you never do, you won't think I'm true. But old Oliphant am I, and I never lie. A little way back, above the lake, they found a deep brown bed of last year's fern. Beyond it was a thicket of dark-leaved bay trees, climbing up a steep bank that was crowned with old cedars. Here they decided to rest and pass the day, which already promised to be bright and warm. Sam had been giving earnest thought to food as they marched. Now that the despair of the impassable gate was behind him, he did not feel so inclined as his master to take no thought for their livelihood beyond the end of their errand. And anyway, it seemed wiser to him to save the waybread of the elves for worse times ahead. Six days or more had passed since he reckoned that they had only a bare supply for three weeks. If we reach the fire in that time, we'd be lucky at this rate, he thought. And we might be wanting to get back. We might. Besides, at the end of a long night march and after bathing and drinking, he felt even more hungry than usual. A supper or a breakfast. By the fire in the old kitchen at Bagshot Row was what he really wanted. An idea struck him and he turned to Gollum. Gollum had just begun to sneak off on his own and he was crawling away on all fours through the fern. Hi, Gollum, said Sam. Where are you going? Hunting? Well, see here, old noser. You don't like our food and I'd not be sorry for a change myself. Your new motto is always ready to help. 
Could you find anything fit for a hungry hobbit? Yes, perhaps, yes, said Gollum. Smeagol always helps if they asks, if they asks nicely. Right, says Sam, I does ask. And if that isn't nice enough, I begs. Gollum disappeared. He was away some time, and Frodo, after a few mouthfuls of limber, settled down in the deep brown fern and went to sleep. Gollum returned quietly and peered over Sam's shoulder. Looking at Frodo, he shut his eyes and crawled away without a sound. Sam came to him a moment later and found him chewing something and muttering to himself. On the ground beside him lay two small rabbits, which he was beginning to eye greedily. Smeagol always helps, he said. He has brought rabbits, nice rabbits. But Master's gone to sleep. And perhaps Sam wants to sleep. Doesn't want rabbits now. Smeagol tries to help, but he can't catch things all in a minute. Sam, however, had no objection to rabbit at all and said so. At least not to cook rabbit. All hobbies, of course, can cook. They begin to learn the art before their letters, which many never reach. But Sam needed a fire and other things besides. He thought for a bit while he took out his knife, cleaned and whetted it, and began to dress the rabbits. He was not going to leave Frodo alone asleep, even for a few minutes. Now, Gollum, he said, I've another job for you. Go and fill these pans with water and bring them back. Speak up and fetch water, yes, said Gollum. But what does the hobbit want all that water for? He's drunk. He's washed. Never you mind, said Sam. If you can't guess, you'll soon find out. And the sooner you fetch the water, the sooner you'll learn. Don't you damage one of my pans, or I'll carve you into mincemeat. While Gollum was away, Sam took another look at Frodo. He was still sleeping quietly, and Sam was now struck most by the leanness of his face and hand. Too thin and drawn he is, he muttered. Not right for a hobbit. If I can get these conies cooked, I'm going to wake him up. Sam gathered a pile of the driest fern and then scrambled up the bank, collecting a bundle of twigs and broken wood. The fallen branch of a cedar at the top gave him a good supply. He cut out some turbs at the foot of the bank, just outside the fern break, and made a shallow hole and laid his fuel in it. Being handy with flint and tinder, he soon had a small blaze going. It made little or no smoke, but gave off an aromatic scent. He was just stooping over his fire, shielding it and building it up with heavier wood when Gollum returned, carrying the pans carefully and grumbling to himself. He set the pans down and then suddenly saw what Sam was doing. He gave a thin hissing shriek and seemed to be both frightened and angry. Ah, no, he cried. No silly hobbits. Foolish, yes, foolish. They mustn't do it. Mustn't do what, asked Sam in surprise. Not make the nasty red tongues, is hissed Gollum. Fire, fire, it's dangerous, yes it is. It burns, it kills, and it will bring enemies, yes it will. I don't think so, said Sam. Don't see why it should, if you don't put wet stuff on it and make a smother. But if it does, it does. I'm going to risk it anyhow. I'm going to stew these conies. Stew the rabbits, squealed Gollum in dismay. Spoil beautiful meat, Smeagol saved for you. Poor hungry Smeagol. What for? What for? Silly hobbit. They're young. They're tender. They're nice. Eat them. Eat them. He clawed at the nearest rabbit, already skinned and lying by the fire. Now, now, said Sam, each to his own fashion. 
Our bread chokes you and raw coney chokes me. If you give me a coney, the coney's mine, see? To cook if I have a mind, and I have. You needn't watch me. Go and catch another and eat it as you fancy, somewhere private and out of my sight. Then you won't see the fire and I shan't see you and we'll both be the happier. And I'll see the fire don't smoke if that's any comfort to you. Gollum withdrew, grumbling and crawled into the fern. Sam busied himself with his pen. What a hobbit needs with Tony, he said to himself, is some herbs and roots, especially taters. Not to mention bread. Herbs we can manage, seemingly. Gollum, he called softly. Third time pays for all. I want some herbs. Gollum's head peeped out of the fern, which looks were neither helpful nor friendly. A few bay leaves, some thyme and sage will do before the water boils, said Sam. No, said Gollum. Smeagol's not pleased. And Smeagol doesn't like smelly leaves. He doesn't eat grasses or roots. No precious. Not till he's starving or very sick, poor Smeagol. Smeagol will get into real true hot water when this water boils if he don't do as he's asked, growled Sam. Sam will put his head in it, just precious. And I'd make him look for turnips and carrots and taters too if it was the time of the year. I bet there's all sorts of good things running wild in this country. I'd give a lot for half a dozen taters. Smeagol won't go. Oh, no, precious. Not this time. He's gone. He's frightened. And he's very tired. And this hobbit's not nice. Not nice at all. Smeagol won't grub for roots and cats and taters. What's taters, precious? Eh? What's taters? Potatoes, said Sam. The gaffer's delight and rare good ballast to an empty belly. But you won't find any, so you needn't look. But be good, Smeagol, and fetch me the herbs, and I'll think better of you. What's more, if you turn over a new leaf and keep it turned, I'll cook you some taters one of these days, I will. Fried fish and chips, served by S. Gamgee. You couldn't say no to that. Yes, yes, we could. Spoiling nice fish. Scotch in it. Give me fish now, and keep nasty chips. Oh, you're hopeless, said Sam. Go to sleep. This has been Harper Audio. Harper Collins is the copyright owner of this recording and has consented to a limited distribution of Harper Audio as an 8 kilohertz computer sound file on Internet Town Hall. It is a violation of United States and international copyright laws to copy these recordings in any other way. Harper Audio is a trademark of Harper Collins Publishers Inc. To order a copy of this tape or to request a catalog of all Harper Audio spoken word cassettes, please call 1-800-C-HARPER or 717-941-1214 or send mail to harper at town.hall.org. This has been a production of the Internet Multicasting Service. Support for Harper Audio is provided by HarperCollins and by Sun Microsystems and O'Reilly and Associates. Network connectivity for the Internet Multicasting Service is provided by UUNet Technologies and MFS Datanet.